Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, with Raider Nick. Not this rubbish, with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And this is the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, brought to you from the filthiest store and buried somewhere in the Bowser Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, but I think some people are starting to cotton on. Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Might be the case. And we're brought to you with the dubious support of the Greenhouse, and of course, in that they're dubious in supporting us, and of course, with the cash money, a sponsorship of Land Speed Records. Come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your clothing, your turntables, your posters, T-shirts, all marin paraphernalia uh, for people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, it means you love the Canberra Raiders. Definitely. Definitely. That's Definitely. what it means. That's what it means. Um... A huge week, a preliminary final, third preliminary final in five years. It's only when you hear that and it actually sinks in, you mm. realise how amazing that is. Mm. I mean, if you look back to, you know, 2013, 2014, mm. and you said in, in the next six years, we'll be in three prelims. Yeah. Well, we hadn't made, we hadn't been in one since yeah. like 2000 or something. Yeah, yeah. Prior to that, so... Was it, it 2000? I can't remember. I think it was 95. Oh, I think two, didn't two thousand. I think we made the prelim in two thousand, did we? Could have done. Or maybe it was the it was the Bulgarelli dropper. That's two thousand and three, but that wasn't even the prelim. That was the game to go into the prelim. Yeah, right. The Bulgarelli drop. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I still think the Bulgarelli drop was worse than the Edric Lee drop. Being that in two thousand sixteen, we just lost Croker and Leilua to injuries, which meant they were not going to be playing the following week, and they were two holes we couldn't fill. Ah, uh, there's always a way. There's always there's someone will always step up, Tim. You should have learnt that from this year. With this pack, this year, this team, yes, I agree with that. But in 2016, it was such a hole in what would be. But anyway, look, we got through the Roosters, and uh, you know how how did your heart attack go on the last Friday night? It was like it was. You know, we were we were looking good. We were playing as well as we could. If we'd lost that game. Mm. In the dying moments, um, you'd have to say the better team on the night had lost. Mm, yep. The Roosters never gave up, and we got out to a good lead, and we almost got out to too big a lead um, when it was 18 points or whatever it was. 16. So 16 points that the Roosters started playing catch-up football. Yeah. And that's when they started looking really dangerous. And yep. that's where, look, Sonny Bill, we knocked him before the game, but he was actually one yeah. of their better players. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's one and, of their better ways, because I think he knew he was playing his last game, possibly his last game of anything. Yeah. And once they started throwing the ball around, and offloading there, yeah, they had some huge amount of offloads. Yeah, uh, they looked really dangerous because that's just—it's just hard to defend when a team yep. starts playing like that. Yeah, but notably the tries they got in that one was the Kotrick made a bad read out wide. Yeah. Having said that, if he gets his hands to the ball and intercepts it, well, he's away undone. But as but he was kind of he was kind of in he was got caught out in no man's yeah, land. Yeah, he was in complete no man's land. I felt sorry for him. Um, and that that was a, a good try, but a lucky try. And then the last try for. James Tedesco. Well, we'll have more on that later. Um, but um, I, I remember thinking when Croker missed the conversion for the Tarpanay try, which I think was just absolutely astounding. What was your favourite try? What was no, the Tarpanay one? Is was unbelievable. I mean, we said 
you know, against the the sharks, that he sort of embodied the spirit of of Steve Jackson. He was channeling yeah. a bit of Steve Jackson with that try. Well, this one had Steve Jackson again, yeah, but also had Chicka Ferguson in there it as did. well with it the step. Did. I think that was one of the best. As Ricky said, for a forward, an individual try by a forward, it's it's hard to get past that, isn't it? Absolutely yeah, incredible. It was wonderful. But he Josh picked it up. Bali's... It was like twenty five meters out or something. He ran oh, yeah. Ball. Oh, and 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 ran a fair bit cross field too. And it wasn't just that he beat players, it was the manner in which he beat them. There was a step, there was speed, and he all of a sudden found himself in space and there was nothing they could do about it. He was just too big, too fast, too strong. We went into that game thinking that maybe a couple of the Roosters' forwards were looking a bit cooked. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that we saw a bit of that They were a in bit those cooked. tries, some of the efforts. And they didn't, while they didn't rest the players in that last home and away match against Souths, I mean, they effectively did in that six. <laughs> they, had, six. they had a rest in the... It really showed that maybe if they had rested those players in that match and just, you know, gone out against Souths with, you know, a side like we went out, out against Cronulla, that they might have been in better shape. Yeah. And now you're sort of looking at, you know, I know the Melbourne Storm this week have had a week off, but that week off for those nine players may be well the difference between the fact that we still have stuff left in the end of, at the end of the matches and they don't. Because one thing I did notice was both Brett and jo- Josh Morris, who are 33, 34 now, yeah. by the end of that match, uh, just a reminder, if you have a warped LP, you can come into Land Speed Records yeah. and get that flattened yeah. out. Uh, the timing is impeccable, isn't it? It really <laughs> is. It's very good. Um, you notice by the end of the match, and I was, I was wondering how the Rooster started strong and then dropped away. You know, when you get to an older age, when you get to a more venerable age, like the Morris Twins, who are great players, you know, age will weary them. And after the first 20 minutes, they're not as sprightly as they were. And all of a sudden, that's when they dropped away. And there's a lot of traffic coming at them. Yeah. Boyd Cordner is kind of who I was talking about. Like, that miss on Papali and stuff yeah. was pretty shocking. He's he's only 28, but it's the game has taken a it's serious toll on, toll on him. And he, he's pretty much... He's had his one thing. I mean has been that running the back in on the line, yeah. that really tough line, and I think he's just... Well, I think, and someone said it on Twitter, um, that he's keeping his, he seems to be keeping his head away from the contact zone, yeah. which, which you just can't in, in a second rower, and that's why people are pushing him through. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it's definitely... The Papali one, he sort of had his arm out, didn't he? Which yeah. You're going to stop Papali with an arm. With it's an arm. not going to You've got to get your whole I mean, body behind it. JWH and Takiyaho were there too. Let's, let's yeah. not miss that. And so was Friends. So there was a fair few options there to take him. It was not just Cordner, but it was there. But I, I remember thinking as Croker missed the conversion for the Tarpanay try, I think to myself, gee, I hope that doesn't come back to haunt us because he should have got that. And at that point, you know, you, you're coming to the second half all they really needed to do in those last 10 minutes was pot a field goal if that goes across and it becomes too much for the Roosters. Mm. But that misconversion was far more... Uh, and we had a crack at field goal, didn't we? What was that then? Just before the end of the first half yeah, when George Williams and it just faded away. Yeah, it wasn't a bad, it wasn't a bad effort. But um, the Jack Whiten try was good. And you, one thing I did notice in that was that although Tedesco had it covered until it took a beautiful um, off-break, Georgie Williams' kick, you mm. know, just rolled sideways, he was the only one back there. All the other players were covering the Jack White and attack coming out to yeah, the left. Right. And no one from the other side was coming across because they were all cooked. They were all absolutely cooked. And that was what was happening with the Roosters. They, they'd run a really good season. I think you saw it with the Eels as well. They ran really well out of the blocks and did really well in the season. And towards the end of the season, they just don't have any gas in the tank. And, and let's face it, it's been a really hard season. But yeah. I think it's been harder on no one more than the Raiders. We had our preseason well, in, smoked in, out. Definitely of the teams that are still in contention, yeah, far and away. 
Yeah, but they had the preseason smoked out. Had to go up north to the Sunshine Coast, then came back. Um, had the season stopped. Had been were in had been in buses with not being able to stay overnight and stuff. So they've no one's had it more wearing. The fact that this side has made the preliminary final is just breathtakingly amazing. But it, it also, is. It also tells me that they're the side now. They've got that siege mentality in where oh, nothing's going to tear us down that under adversity, they're the side that I think is going to rise rather than collapse. But also, too, we, we've done it with our Hodgson, which is remarkable, because at the start of the year, if you said we'd make the um, prelim without Josh Hodgson, oh, yeah. and also really, for the most part, without John Bateman. I mean, yep. one, John Bateman's missed a lot of football, yep. and two, he when he's come back, he's not as influential as he was no. last year. I mean, I, I don't think we make the prelim last year without Bateman. No. But this year, he's there, but I don't think he's been a massive factor in it. And uh, it's kind of good in the sense that next year we realise there is life. Yeah. As much as we love having John Bateman... I would love to keep him. Yeah, and we'd love to keep him. There is life beyond yeah. John Bateman. And I, like I said at the start of the year with the shoulder thing, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player that he was. Who knows? Well, hopefully he is, but... Maybe not. But I think we were both unanimous on who our land speed records, Blake and the Pork Player of the Week, was from last match. We were. We were. Well, we, well, who was it? CNK. <laughs> so many, there were so many candidates in that game. There were. I think, I think though, when you look at his metres run, the last line of defence and how good it was, I yeah. mean, people can talk about him trying to rip the Morris boys' head off and stuff. Well, I don't think that was that bad, you know. I don't think I, it was either. Uh, well, it didn't merit a, a, a charge. My, my, my theory on that tackle is that um, it's probably a penalty in the regular season rounds, but if you do that in a, in a final... Mm. Or a state of origin game mm. where we all know slightly different rules apply. Yeah, he gets away with it. But it's not just that. I mean, it came off the shoulder for start. It wasn't a swinging arm. It was a no. pull. He came around because Morris tries to duck underneath him, yeah. and he grabs and he pulls. And so it's not actually. Yes, it it's... wasn't like the '99 grand final. You know, stiff arm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ains coach. Morris is Morris is on Smith. Not yeah. Cameron Smith. The other Smith or Craig Smith. Or I can't. What was his name? Somebody it was Craig. Smith. It was Craig Smith. But yeah, it Craig was Smith. Jamie Ainsco. Yeah. Um, where he's basically out before he clobbered him in the head. I mean, it just was. I mean, it just absolutely was. Now, you know, people still argue whether it was a penalty try because he was definitely getting him. I have never doubted that was a penalty try from the moment I saw it. Oh, the Melbourne one, yeah. Yeah. But no, look, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had blown a penalty, but I was glad they didn't. Well, in in the end, they came back because Tedesco was claiming he was taken out without the ball as well. Oh, they were watching that as well, weren't they? Yeah, Yeah. they were, but um, they came up with nothing, and I think that was probably right. Um, but the other players after, um, you know, CNK, who I just really think at the end of the day, he, he really came into that match, both in attack and defence. Best performance for him for a long time. Um, but Hudson Young was huge. Remarkable. He's, in the last few weeks, he's just improved. And you, you, you realise, um, you know, the clubs obviously had big raps on him. Yeah. And they've stuck by with it, by him. And he's, he's really, you know, he's, he's turned the corner coming back in his comeback this year because he was out for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, he hasn't he hasn't done anything stupid. No, touch wood, please. <laughs> Find some wood in this place and touch it. I think no, no. Chipboard will do. I think I think he's moved. I think he's moved beyond his uh, oh. his eye gouging day. So oh, it's good God. to see. But also after after Huddo, who was great, um, obviously Papa was huge yeah. again. Uh, Jack White went up another cog. I still think he has people another <laughs> cog to go. You still want him to lift? I still think he has another cog to go. I still think he has another cog in him. And I think he's starting to realise that too because he is starting to be imperious. And that's what we need of him. We need him to be imperious. And if he is and it comes off, we're going to win matches simply because 
doesn't matter that you've got him covered. There are some times with players, like when Tedesco's on fire, it's like he's gone flyers. It doesn't matter that you've yeah. got him covered. He's going to get through. It didn't matter with Jared Hayne in 09. He was going to get through. It, Campisi in 08, you know, there are some times players are in such form that you can mark them all you want, but what are you going to do? You know, yeah. Billy Slater, he has that cog to go to. I reckon he has, and he's bloody close to it. Um, and the other one, of course, who I thought was outstanding was Joe Tarpanay. Did you read there was a story in the uh, thing at Sydney Morning Herald today saying that he, until halfway through this season, wasn't actually doing weights? No. He didn't even lift, bro. He did, did he even lift, bro? No, he didn't even lift, bro. He would go to the gym. like uh, You don't really see it that much um, in these days when you go to the gym. But back, you know, 15, 20 years ago, yeah. there'd be always the guy that would just be sitting around the gym just talking to everyone, not doing anything. Apparently, that was him. Really? You don't see that now because everyone has their individual headphones. It's not really a social thing these days, the gym. Yeah, right. It's probably a, a sign of, you know... Oh, the gyme. <laughs> the gyme. Right, okay, I know what you're talking about. We're talking about Jack or Joe? Tarpany, Joe Tarpany. Tarpany wasn't lifting. He's no. enormous. Well, anyway, so apparently when um, Josh Hodgson went down, Ricky took uh, Josh Papali and Joe Tarpany inside and said, you guys really have to leave from the front now. And um, Joe Tarpany decided, well, maybe I should actually start doing a bit of work in the gym. And I think we've we've seen the results because he's really like... He's fulfilled his potential this year. And like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, you look at the two form forwards in the competition. Papa and, and Tarpany would, mm. would you know, are there too many in forwards in better form currently than that? Maybe a couple of the Oh, there's some in the Panthers. Panthers. I yeah. like the cut of Liam Martin's jib yeah. um, when Villamar Kickale's on the field. I like him. I think Isaiah Yo is vastly underrated. He's been having a killer season. Um, I think at South Sydney, they've got a no-name pack with the exception of Cameron Murray, who is, yeah. would be up there as well. But they've all been doing really, really well. The Storm just has, you know... I mean, Finucane is the, such a huge out for them this weekend because he's such a vital part of the defensive line. He's such a great <clears> player. Um, and I, he's a Storm player I actually like, which is, you know, a rare, rare thing. But uh, the defence in the match against the Roosters was great. I think C&K really typified the desperation. But in general, everybody was good. The thing about CNK as well is, look, he's not as a he does a, he's a really hard worker, and he's not as flashy in attack as as maybe some of the other big name fullbacks in the comp. But in mm. terms of how safe he is and how reliable he is at the back now, mm. defensively, you wouldn't trade him for anyone. No, no, he and makes the right decisions, and also too, he's it's hard. He's yeah, and he's learnt. Uh, you know, we saw the Gutherson bobble the ball up last week. Mm. You know, when he could have just grounded the ball. Well, we mentioned last week that CNK got caught out against the Storm trying to bat it back. Mm. And since then, he's learned if there's an opportunity just to ground the ball, just ground the ball. And when he's bringing it back, he catches the ball, he throws himself straight on the ground and surrenders, which is what you need to do yep. in 2020. Whereas if you notice against Semi a couple of times against the Sharks, tried to run it back when he should have just thrown himself on the ground and, and accepted the tackle and he got pushed back yep. two times. So just he just... He reads the game so well, and he just—he's so safe. He just does all those little things right. He's really grown, and and he's in, his form is back. Like he's back that uh, in attack, the try where Papa hands it off to him. Yeah, and he ran through. He hands it off to Bateman, and then Bateman gives it to him, and he runs through. I thought that was superb. I'm still not quite sure why um, Rapana passed Pass the to ball. Williams. <laughs> I, I thought I thought Rapana was home. He was <laughs> from he was. there, and 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 I, then it, 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 and if. Williams' um, collision with the goalpost <laughs> Goal had been worse. Go- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was, he, was, he was basically there and he handed it to him and yeah, 
And I, yeah, but I thought that was, that was very good. But yeah, the defence was fantastic, and the attack again was dangerous. Now, the Rapana no try, Rapana no try. Um, I mean, it was devastating in the fact that a it wasn't the last tackle, so he didn't actually have to kick, which was a bit of a bummer. You know, like in those situations, had he actually taken a tackle and then got up and done a quick play the ball, I think we had them at sixes and sevens at that stage. Yeah, and probably would have finished the match of a contest. If it was a, in fact, it definitely would have finished the match as a contest if they score at that point. But unfortunately, I remember thinking as he got it, that is really, really remarkable. But I don't think any part of him was in the field of play before he got that ball. What he should have done is, is, is just trampled over Tedesco, because the reason he went out of field of play was because Tedesco's on the ground and he's actually run around to go around the outside of him. So if Jonah Lomu style, if he just trampled all over Tedesco. Yeah, but they might have penalised him for that, no doubt. Oh, that stopped him getting back up in the defensive line. We've seen that crap before. Um, the disallowed Jack try is the one that I get. I mean, they said Toot stopped in the line. We have seen that try awarded against us about 14 times this season. How come whenever it's against it, you know, for us, it gets disallowed? The amount of times we've been had the tries taken off us for obstruction while the same try or worse has been awarded against us. That's the thing. Those ones, When those ones get called, I don't know. Yeah, which way they're going to go, and and if they were consistent about it, it'd be okay. But I really thought there was two defenders in between White and and, and Croker, so at worst he interfered with someone who may well have got there too late. Yeah, was my view. Like they just they were in a line where they couldn't get across, and Jack just smashed over the top, and it was great. But the other one, and um, look, uh, you know, like I want to jump over here a bit and and get to my. Uh, Ass Clown of the Week! <laughs> because I want to point and call out Chris Sutton and Chris Butler who ran the lines, right? Because in, in... You don't like those guys, do you? I really don't. They don't like me either, but I really don't like them. Do but they actually know who you are? Oh, yeah. Um, yes, they do. Have you, have you been stalking them? I want to call Chris Sutton and Chris Butler out as Ass Clowns of the Week because the Tedesco try, the last Tedesco try, Ashley Klein was behind the defensive line. So he wasn't in line to see it. But Chris Butler and Chris Sutton had an obligation to say Tupanua handed that ball forward a foot to Tedesco. It definitely looked like it. It wasn't even a matter of forward pass. It was deliberate offside. It was that bad. He literally hands it forward to him. Yeah. It was so, so forward slash offside that it had to be called back and neither of them called back and they missed it. And as a result, the last five minutes of that match were very stressful for us and they shouldn't have been if they'd called it up. But plus in that match... There was countless forward passes that were missed, which was also their duty to call. But the other one was when we were on their line, raiding their line, the footage consistently showed not one single Roosters player with their foot behind the line. I put them in the bin. Not one. We get put in the bin for that. <laughs> Nothing happened to them at all. And I guess what you were saying earlier was <clears throat> in a final when CNK takes you know, Morris out like that, maybe it's a final so the rules don't apply. But And I can sort of see that with the offside. And I can sort of see that with the forward passes. But handing the ball forward to Tedesco at that point. Well, boys, you're my ass clown of the week. Who's your ass clown of the week? Well, I've got a, I had one in mind and I'm just going to throw in an extra one which you just inspired just then. Because, Excellent. yeah, the last, um, even the last 10 seconds of the match was heart attack material. Oh, yeah. And you know why the last 10 seconds of the match were heart attack material? Jack Whiten didn't kick the ball out. Why didn't he kick the ball out? He ran it on the last tackle. Which actually led... So there's 10 seconds to go. He just kicks the ball, boots the ball out of the sideline. That's boop, 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 end of section. But because he ran it on the last, they got one play of the ball and then they did the kick 
which fortunately Kotrick caught. But that that was a bit of unnecessary stress. So I think Ricky would have had a word to him about that. Jack White. No, no, no. no I'm not, he is not the ask clown of the week. I'm just saying that made. We're, me, we're in the ask clown of the week. Section. That was a bit of ask clownery. But no, the ask clown of the week <laughs> is the um, Queensland government, oh. who have denied. So the Raiders wanted to for the game. They wanted to. Um, they have to fly up on the day, right? Which is what they did last week against um, the Roosters. But they were able to fly up to Sydney and then check into a hotel. Relax, you know, chill out for a couple of hours. The Queensland government is denying them this opportunity. Basically, they have to go straight from the airport to the ground, you know, hang around at the stadium for like four hours or whatever it is, and then immediately after the game, fly straight out. Now, they are coming from ACT, mm. where there are currently, although the Queensland government before, for some whatever reason, designated the ACT a hotspot mm. because we're in New South Wales or surrounded by New South Wales. Um, yeah, there's no active cases of coronavirus. So what is the issue with them checking into a hotel? I mean, it's just, just this... No, you so you're only allowed to do it if you're, an AC, if you're an ACT tourist with money for the tourism industry. So that's the difference. If they were actually going to be there on tourist stuff and, and buying tourist stuff, then that would be fine. But because, you know, like we're, uh, you know, from Canberra, you know... But that's the thing, if... Canberra, If, if we could afford the flights mm. to the game, we could fly up and stay the night in a hotel. So Absolutely. what's the difference? Oh, yeah. I wouldn't even have to go into quarantine, can't they? Who knows? Ask Anastasia. Well, the problem is... Um, you know what we should do? We should get on to Andrew Barr and say to Andrew Barr, how about you call your Queensland counterpart and I say... I think it's all too late now, Tim. What the hell? I think it's all too late. But anyway, she's got an election this weekend, so it's all... This is one of the problems that we've seen throughout the whole pandemic is there are all these um, state elections happening at various times and these premiers are trying to just, you know, play to their to the Queenslanders or their own local people and, you know... Anyway. And meanwhile, the storm just lolly down from the Sunshine Coast. Yes. Well, I mean, they're, you know, they're from the, the pandemic hot spot. But I guess they did quarantine or something before they went to Queensland. They did, and they did go on quarantine. So, but yeah, okay. No, that's a good ask clown of the week. Now, let me break into our listener of the week. And this week, it's CJ Perry Perry is our uh, <laughs> listener of the week. Um, you'll find CJ Perry Perry at the, on Twitter um, at CJ underscore Perry Perry. Or one word. He's our listener of the week. And uh, yeah, so um, good on you. Thanks uh, for your support. Thank Christian. you for your support. We, we love that you're out there. Um, now, we've got a few um, Ask Clowns of the Week from our, our people coming in. Um, and Marty Owen says, not sure what it would uh, fall under, but the whole... Uh, no, he liked this reply. Um, the whole... I'll find out who it is before I start saying it's Marty. Oh, it's Wanda. Wanda. Now, we forgot, last one, to thank Wanda for being our special Blake and the Pork correspondent at the Raiders Sharks uh, final, where she, she did such an awesome job. She did a great job. She did. She did. And that is why she's the only ever two-time... Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, Listener of the Week. And now special correspondent, of course. Um, but uh, she said she's not sure what it would fall under, but the whole SBW Roadshow, even before the game, there was such a big focus on SBW and not even a mention of Tarpanay's 100th game for the Raiders. Um, yeah, and that's that's a bit of ass clownery right there. I think we can agree on that. Nice one, Wanda. Um, of course, GA, GE from the Greenhouse uh, has come out and says he's really mad with... Uh, Annesley spin doctoring of all the inadequacies of the weekend stuff, and I think you have no more firmer support than uh, me in that one because I'm sick of his uh, spin doctoring as well. Um, but you know, we've got a few people here. You saw that Ryan Sutton's back on the extended bench. 
He is. Are we, are we going to do the extended bench? Or? Oh, oh, no, no. I've got to talk about the input we've got in here. So, uh, Stacker of Days, David, has come forward and says he's cheerful about the preliminary being in the preliminary final. What you know grinds his gears is the commentary suggesting Roosters without Radley is sometimes com- somehow comparable to Raiders missing Hodgson. Um, yeah. They definitely missed Radley. They, I, definitely I, they miss do, Radley. but it, I don't think it's that comparable. Uh, I, I think it, 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 Radley was Radley's a hell of a good player. Um, and we've also got, of course, um, Azza has come in and said, reason to be cheerful, the ability to go watch a prelim final with my beloved Raiders on Friday night. And he wants the Ask Clown of the Week to be real, the media beat-up of Cam Smith's wife's 40,000k ring. I think I it's it was, only 15. I thought it was 15, too. Yeah, it's 15. Well, see, the story that came out during the week was that um, Cameron Smith uh, actually was very upset with... Um, Craig Bellamy. Did you hear this story? No. Tell so, so Cameron Smith was upset with Craig Bellamy because so the, the story about the ring was broken by Paul Kent. Okay. So Paul Kent wrote the story. Paul Kent and Ricky Stewart. I mean, you hear a lot of people described as, as Ricky's best mate, mm. but Paul Kent is definitely someone you hear described as, as Ricky's best mate. So for many years when Paul, when Ricky Stewart had his column, which used to be a thing. You don't really see them anymore. You have his column in the Sydney Morning Herald or Sun Herald or whoever it was. Paul Kent was his, was his ghostwriter. So they're very close. But anyway, so Paul Kent wrote the story about the $15,000 ring. Cameron Smith, no one was supposed to know about it. Cameron Smith presumed that Paul Kent had heard about it from Ricky Stewart, who had been told by Craig Bellamy. Right. So when we beat them last year at the, at the, the end of the... It wasn't in the finals, but you know the last round or mm. whatever it was. Round um, twenty, round twenty. Ricky coming and, back from eighteen and, down. and Craig Bellamy had a beer after the game, as as is their tradition. It is. And um, Cameron Smith was very upset with Craig Bellamy that he thought that he was being disloyal to him by going to have a beer with Ricky. Mm. And that's the story. Really? Yep. So that's what I'll beat up with the ring. It's all come out again now. Mm, the one and, ring to rule them all. Yeah, exactly. Mm, and in exactly. the darkness, bind them. Exactly. Uh, Alistair Erskine comes up and says, his reasonable reasons to be cheerful are being... Have we a... gone into reasons to be cheerful now? Uh, I'm just getting the, the... When do I play the music? I'm not going to know when to... Is this... Can we now? Should I play the music now? No, no. We'll do it when we do our reasons oh, okay. to be cheerful. We're just doing, you know, like... Yeah. Well, wouldn't it make sense to give other yeah, people probably, reasons to be probably, cheerful? Yeah, probably, probably. What's reason... happened to you this week? Shut up. Reason to be cheerful from Alistair Erskine. Being in a pub on Friday night, everyone in the bar... Um, the three Roosters fans losing their mind when the incredible everyone, dislikes. Everyone in the bar, bar the three Roosters yeah, yeah. fans. Except yeah, when the, the incredible Roosters. try happened. Those 10 seconds took us to another time in a different year of unison um, behind the majesty of the Raiders. Alistair Verskin has not been Listener of the Week yet at any stage, but he's I'm nominating him as as dual Listener of the Week this week. All right. Good along with you, CJ. Yeah, nice one, Al. That's good feedback. I always uh, run into him. He's an ex-Cambarian, lives in Sydney, and I usually run into him whenever I head sit, watch a game in a... Well, Arnold J at Arnold Rimmer. I was going to say one thing as well. Yes. After that try, not try, was scored. Mm. Um, in between it, the ball being put down and it being ruled a no try, I was frantically trying to tweet, that's not a try, that's a miracle. Mm. But unfortunately, yeah, it, it wasn't. But it that, was, that was, yeah, it was incredible. It incredible, was incredible. Incredible 10 seconds. It was good. It would have finished off the game as a contest too. Um, Arnold J <coughs> comes and says, cheerful, CNK defence, uh, what a match winning performance. What grinds his gears, paying $10 for a drink. Or thirteen for a spirit at the footy. Highway robbery, it really is. Mm, just, just smoke it down your pants next time, mate. Yeah, yeah, that's what Blarkey does here. <laughs> Ask throw clowns. You, he drive wants... outside the gate earlier. Yeah. Throw your goon bag over. 
and then go and then go retrieve it. That's what he did. In the, that's what Blarko did in the '87 Grand Final of the SCG. Let me assure you. Uh, the Ask Clowns, Arnold J says the media club uh, folk blaming Kyle Flanagan. Yeah, he missed a few tackles, but the whole team looked tired. Um, Do you know the other one I'm going to mention just quickly too is um, you know how seriously the Roosters have taken um, concussion mm. throughout the season. Yeah. They all of a sudden weren't, you know, it's all of a sudden they weren't too worried about sending um, Kiri, Kiri back, back on, on were they? Mm. Oh, it was do or die, and I think he probably insisted. But yeah, I agree with that, and Kiri's been one of them. Um, we've got Canberra Raiders in the preliminary final. Ooh, there we go. He's, he's changed his tag. That's too good. Um, and he's come in and said, uh, uh, reason to be cheerful, flying up to Brisbane from Cairns, uh, down to Brisbane, to Cairns, yeah. to see my first Raiders game in four years. Reasons to be panicked. I was, oh, this is bad. I was a season ticket holder in 08 to 15, a time period better not spoken about and went to almost every home game. What if my attendance again cause them to lose well I think you can all know that if that happens then things are going to get real ugly I used to, I used to be quite superstitious about various things and things I did and didn't do and lucky shoes and jerseys and yeah, yeah it doesn't mean anything nah. it doesn't mean there's a great You're wrong it does there's a great passage <laughs> in um <clears throat> there's a great section in uh, Nick Hornby's Fever Pitch book oh, yes. where he talks about how he used to have all these different superstitions and yep. everything else and he, his <clears throat> theory behind it was that when you put so much of your um, being, yeah, mood up or down, happiness or sorrow into an event that basically you have no control of. Yep. You try and think that there's little things that maybe you can do that can help influence the results. Simo uh, at Pyman 1987, he says, reason to be cheerful, Tarpanay's try, Papa's try, Whiten's try, Whitehead's try. I don't remember Whitehead's try. You're talking about William's try, I think. Um, the Raiders beat the Roosters. He's grinding his gears. Nothing this week. We're still in it. Nothing else matters. Well, that is very positive of you, Simo. And Arsland of the Week, uh, NRL featuring Buzz Rothfield. Well, is that still a thing? I agree. I just can't stand Buzz. He's clueless. Yeah, I don't like him at all. Uh, the Greenhouse, geez. You know who's really unpopular now as well? Equally, James Hooper. James Hooper. Oh, yeah, that What thing. did he do? He got so Nathan... He's come out and basically said Nathan, who runs the um, Knights nice. Media, Nathan used had to do a one burner of the... account um, where he basically was, you know, like anonymous. So he was making comments on Twitter anonymously through this account. You know, and some of his takes were pretty hot. Um, personally, having following that account, not realising who it was, I used to laugh at them a lot and like them. What was stuff. the account? I can't remember the name of it. Um, but anyway, had this account, and Hooper's come out and said this is his account and what he's been saying is inappropriate, and, and he lost his job. Yeah, you want yeah. to talk about how to make people unpopular? Because nothing he said was really that bad. Like, there wasn't yeah. any, like, it wasn't, and he's a really, really, really popular person. Yeah. So it's like, it was pretty pretty shitty. So, yeah, James Hooper's um, going to be, probably thought a, a quick story was going to benefit him, but I don't think think he probably thought of how popular Nathan was outside the Knights. Because he used to be on Fox Sports. He used to do that podcast on mm. Fox Sports a few years ago before he got the job at the yeah. Knights. So, yeah, I think, yeah, Hooper might reap a bit of whirlwind about that, about who te- speaks to him and about what. Because... Yeah, it's very 2020, though, isn't it? Like, getting losing your job for something like that. It's I... kind of like people are still learning how to operate in this sort of current environment of... Yeah. of... Well, political correctness is in and around, but there's a point where you I just, I never saw anything that inappropriate, so I just don't what understand. What was it called? I, I, I can't remember. I'll, I'll remember and we'll put it on, the, on one of the posts. Um, GE's come out and said, reason to be cheerful. Papali, uh, Papali Tarpanay, and C&K, grinding his gears. He hates the, uh, the spin doctoring. So thank you all for your feedback this week, and it's taken us on a nice thing. Um, but uh, I want to talk about a few things that actually annoyed me, and in fact, you might say they ground my gears.
You know what really grinds my gears? And you know what grinds my gears? What? The Melbourne Storm. I hate the Melbourne Storm. Like I <laughs> hate the Melbourne Storm. I actually hate the Melbourne Storm more than I hate the Roosters. And if it's if it's yeah, a, if it's a Storm Roosters grand final, yeah. as hard it is to pick who to go for. Yeah, because you hate them both. Yeah. You'd actually go, you'd actually go for the Roosters in that one for the simple fact that occasionally there's a player in the Roosters you actually like. Who in the Melbourne Storm side do you actually like and think, oh, that's a top bloke I'd take out for a beer? I like the Fox. I don't know if he's the top bloke yeah, I'd take out for a beer. Fox, the Fox, I think. I thought of someone else the other day actually that I like at the Storm and now I've totally. totally but it's difficult, isn't it? Brenko Lee. Brenko Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our Brenko Lee, he's there, so you look at him and say, yeah, that's all right, that's all right. And look. Belliate Shandor used to play. Shandor mm-hmm. there. Belliate used to play for us, and so you know. And, and I hate Belliate. I don't hate Belliate. Ricky tells me I don't hate Belliate. I don't hate him. Um, he's done, as I've said before previously, he's done more damage. Oh yeah, cynical damage to the game and the way in which it's played than any other any other coach. You or know, figure the, that you the, can think when about. the great scorecard maker comes to judge, um, mark your name against the thing, and they don't look at um, whether you won or lost, but how you play the game. Bollocks. They look at whether you won or lost. Oh, of course. And Craig Bellamy doesn't get high. He's only won two premierships. Or is it three now? I think you'll find it's four. Unless unless they ever award seven and nine They've lost a few grand finals. Manly and the Eels, respectively. As far as I'm concerned, they are still Melbourne Storm premierships because... They've they've lost lost a few grand finals. Everyone breaks the salary cap. Oh, of course opinion. they do. Right, they just got busted. They break the eleventh commandment. They break the they. The problem, know, they as I've said before on, on this show, one of the first episodes, the problem was the their corporate structure. Yeah. In that they had to do creative invoicing, and had to use the Andrew McManus, who's a notoriously dodgy concert promoter, mm. to redirect funds. You know, if you've if you're uh, if you've got a rich benefactor, who can just literally hand over cash to players, mm. you. You'll, They'll never get caught out because there's no paper trail. Yeah. The whole problem with the the storm one was there was all you know a paper trail, and you look at all the ones that have have been done. Yeah. There's like minutes in meetings and invoices. They've all been turned over. They've all been turned. Parramatta was turned over. Melbourne Storm was turned over. They were given up. They weren't found. They were given up. Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. So that was the thing. But you know, this is going back to what grinds my gears. I hate him. I hate you, Jesse Bromwich. I hate you, Cameron Smith. I hate you. Cameron Smith's my most hated player. You are a great player. You are a legendary player. You will be an immortal. There is no doubt about that. You're one of the best players I've ever seen in the entire time watching rugby league. Do you know who I really but hate? That doesn't mean I like you. I freaking hate you. Do you know you're what? A dick. I'm glad you're going bald. Do you know who I hate um, the second most in the storm? Who? And Come this, on. Might, this might surprise someone, but my, my second least favourite player at Melbourne Storm. Actually, I thought of someone who I do like. The hectic cheese. Oh yeah, you got like the hectic cheese. Yeah, no, he's, 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 he's great. But no, I'll tell you who I really hate the second most after um, Cam- Salusi Vinavalu. Oh, he is an absolute grub and is. a total jerk. He is. So let, let's let's go through the players in their list this weekend that we actually don't mind. Now, Nico Hines has never done anything to offend me, but I'm pretty sure he'd be able to do it. Um, Tom Eisenhuth, he's probably okay. Is he the one that's? Is he like Paul Gowan's cousin? I, I think know. he. I think he is. So There's that's, two that's, Eisenhuths, and apparently yeah. this is the better one. Are uh, they? Are they related? The two Eisenhuths? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're Paul Gowan's cousins, so that's a reason not to like them. All right, that's good. Um, we've we've already said uh, hectic cheese. We like Brandon Smith. He's good. I don't know why he's called that. Look, Ryan Pappenhausen. Pappenhausen. I, I don't dislike. I yeah. don't dislike him. I, he's a very good player. He's I don't got a shit haircut. Uh, Car, I think everyone loves the fox. Yeah. Come on. How oh, just no. Our Brinko Lee. You gotta love him. 
Um, let's see, who else don't we hate here? Ca- Cameron Munster's a bit of a jerk, but at the same time, if he was playing for us, you know, we'd like him. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's there's stuff about Cameron Munster I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. But the, when it comes down to it, there's so many players in this field. It's like Kafusi, uh, Jesse Kafusi's Bromwich. a jerk. Yeah, Kafusi, Jesse Bromwich, Cam Smith. Look, Asafa Solomona, I think I, I, hate warm, him. I, I think I warmed to him a lot after he... After the, Bali. After Bali. I, that, I warmed to him he a lot. He got too. away with that so lightly. It's it's like, oh, different... In another country, different rules. It's like the David Fafita one. Just pay off the bouncer. Come on. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, that's right. Here's the thing, though, with that one. What did someone do to Nelson Asafa Solomona to make him go off like that? He plays in a side, the Melbourne Storm side, that masters themselves in self-control in those areas and doesn't do that sort of stuff regardless of how shitty what's going on yeah. what has someone done to Nelson knows, to evoke that response but when, you, when you're that big and that powerful uh, and you, you're throwing haymakers in a street brawl you got to be very careful because you know it's oh, not, you, it's you not land hard. one of those properly yeah, and that someone. person yeah, falls on their hits their head oh even if you just hit them in the right yeah. spot they do but uh, I hate you Melbourne Storm I hope you lose this weekend I really hope the Raiders send Cam Smith out a loser we've got a great list of players that we've sent out um, their last game ever um, you know one Andrew which, Johns Andrew Johns Cooper Cronk unfortunately not as a loser but uh, last I'll tell you another one uh, that doesn't get mentioned uh, Sam Burgess last ever game yeah, Sam Canberra Burgess Stadium. John Sutton at the same time yeah went out there so very much and last week we uh, Sonny Bill Williams very possibly sent him out you know so I'm hoping we add Cam Smith to that list I don't know whether Orbison. we will or not but um, yeah Mitch Orbison the most captive rooster yeah. How's, like, they said before the game revenge wasn't a motivation but it was pretty sweet, man. Oh, it was, it was very pretty good. sweet. Even if we lose, very not good. that I want to say we're going to lose against Storm. Even if we lose against Storm this week, yeah, I'll be happy with the season we had. Uh, given where we come from, it'd be good. But I think we need to beat the Storm. We need to win the grand final. Oh, we can I, go I all think, the way. I think that's the best way we to do it. We can go all the way. Now, and talking about that, there are in fact reasons to be cheerful. So play the music now. Yeah, play the music. Okay, now. go. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. One, two, three. And we're in the preliminary final. You know, that's that's reason to be cheerful. Like, uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you'd said, after we'd lost the Roosters, we were going to make the prelim, I would have said, genius, fantastic. And I wouldn't have thought it was this way, but that's just fantastic. We're doing it the hard way. We're doing it, we're doing it the hard way. But if any side is the groundbreaker for winning from the elimination run, it's the Raiders. They yeah. did it in 1989, first side ever to do it. And what did they finish in that year? They finished fourth. Um, you know, and that was the elimination run back in this time. But I, I said to Ricky early in the season that this side had a real smell about the 1995 Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, who really came from adversity out of the elimination run to win that <clears> title. <throat> um, and I really still think it has that. They just have this grittiness and this determination that I think they can go all the way. And what did he say? Can't he remember. said, yeah, thanks, mate. I've got to go. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you see that. Um, uh, we got no injuries in the match, which was really good, except for Papa's uh, ankle. We'll get more on that later. Uh, Ryan Sutton on the extended bench. Hopefully the Rhino was fit. No one deserves to get back on the paddock. If, 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 he, if he was fit and ready to go tomorrow night, who drops out of the team? Uh, Corey Haruna. Yeah, um, I still think that. Although I think he played, he played better last week. Yeah. Um, Bateman's resurgent. Now, in amongst all the superb performances against the Roosters... Something got missed. In that second half, Johnny Bateman returned. The actual John Bateman. The the, the scrapper. The, the, the street fighter. The street fighter came back in a big way. And when we won, no one was more pumped up. He now had... He smells blood in the water. 
and he's going to play like that. And while he's in that situation, yeah, we know things can go wrong when he does it. But we also know things can go mightily right. There's no one that that's more enjoyable to watch celebrate on the field than John Bateman. Ah, oh, he's just fantastic, <laughs> and we love you, John. No, you see to the much. photo where he's, he's yeah, jumped yeah. up in the SCG in the back. Yeah, that's on our Facebook page. It's it's such genius. a good photo. Yeah, yeah, and it's our third prelim in five years. Now, I want to say with this. One of the major factors when I've been looking at statistics isn't just having played previously in a grand final um, in order to win one. One of the bigger factors over that is actually playing in prelims. The thing that all sides had in common, with the exception of the 2005 West Tigers, was they had played in multiple preliminary finals leading up to their breakthrough win before they actually got through. There's a couple who won straight away, but in other ones it took a while, like the Seagulls in 08... um, where they had to be in one or lose one. The well, that was the general, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Yeah, um, that was the general consensus, you know, of grand finals. It used to be that you had to lose one to win one. You know, we lost in '87 and, and won in '89. Penrith, Penrith lost, lost in '90 and won in '91. And yeah, but and sometimes size. But then the through. Broncos would just win every time they got to a grand final. Yeah, that's right. Except for the 2015. Yeah, that's right. I think it's the only grand final they ever lost. Isn't it? It is. Um, but then you come down to, we have 11 players in this match this weekend, 11 out of 17, that are playing multiple prelims. You know, like that have played in multiple prelims. So we've got Jack, um, Jared Croker, Papali, uh, Rapana, um, Elliot Whitehead, C.S. Oliola and Tarpane, who this will be their third preliminary final in that five-year period. Then we've got um, Louis Bateman, um, C&K and Nick Kotrick, who will be playing in their second. Now... In the side this week, we've got a couple of players who haven't played in those. Semi Valame. He has not played in Tom one. Starling. We've got Tom Starling. We've got uh, Valame. Hudson Young was we've suspended. We've got Hudson Young. We've got Georgie Williams. Um, but he's got, I mean, he's played in. Yeah, yeah, but he played in grand this. finals every, every Valame, year. Valame, Havili, because of course he wasn't in the side last year. And Hawira Naira, I don't think, has played in the prelim. No. I'm not sure because he came out of Penrith. Did he play in that prelim that year? When but did I they think, play? In I think that was that was a few years ago. I think that was before his time. Yeah, um, I think so. But those are the ones that that have not played. But that's eleven. Now, you look at the Melbourne Storm, and they've got eleven players have all played in prelims, also going into this side. Um, so, what I'm saying is, for a change, we're actually going with the same amount, not same total finals experience. Yeah, because Cameron Smith's played in forty finals. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's mate. insane. It is. It is absolutely insane. But that's just how they are. But. You know, that's a that's a great reason to be cheerful now, but there's been some, something that's really annoyed you, Blake. In fact, it's made you go, on the burst! Um, yeah, so this is this is turning to a very long show. Uh, Blake, on the burst this week, Nat Butcher's mm. sneaky little buddy ankle roll twist jujitsu move on, on Josh Papali. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it at all. Mm-hmm. There was nothing made of it. There were no charges. Mm-hmm. Papa looked pretty injured. He did. And there's there's some talk that he has an injured ankle going in this week. So I'm pretty pissed off about that. You are. You're sounding very much. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Lower your voice, okay? I, I, I wasn't sure when I saw it whether it was deliberate or not, um, but I definitely saw that it happened. But this is something we've seen, these sort of lower ankle injuries and manipulation, and it's just, it's just grubby. Yeah. It's really grubby, and we don't want to see it in the game, and no one should be like, you know, no professional footballer should be out there deliberately going out to, to injure... But you the know, another player. They do, but it's just if they do, they need to be called up on it. Yeah. Um, okay, so we're coming up against the Storm. So here's what I reckon. We've got to dominate up front. If we're going to beat them, it's going to be through the forwards. It's the only way to score tries against the Storm. If you look at how we scored our tries against the Roosters, we mm. didn't go around them. 
We've yep. never, you, and you can't go around the Storm and you can't go around the Roosters. Yep. The way to beat them and the way to score tries against them, and, and I'm sure Ricky's well aware of this and we've seen it, is going through the middle. And yep. came back through the middle. And in Papali and Tarpany, mm. you know, we've got two... And Bateman. And Bateman as well. But we, yeah, Bateman backing on that angle. Um, and maybe Hudson Young too, yep. to an extent. You know, he's got some pace too and he's, he's made a couple of but breaks. But remember, though. it doesn't just have to be a forward coming back through the middle. It yeah, could yeah, be a smaller yeah. guy because Georgie Williams has also had some experience skipping through that line. And as we saw, one of the things I liked about Georgie Williams on the weekend was... Um, there was a couple of times when our forwards were gassed and twice, not trying to be a playmaker, not trying to do anything, he literally took hit-ups. No, he plays like a prop, yeah. He, he took hit-ups, he took the ball. Oh, I'm thinking just, of CNK. He just, yeah, he does too. Yeah. But he just took the hit-up and said, someone's got to go forward now with the ball and it doesn't matter they're coming at me, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm, well, we've got a whole I'm team. We've got a whole team of that because... Jack Whiten does it as well, and how many other players have oh, another yeah. six takes out? The but only the one person, who was doing it was George. The only person who can't really take a hit-up is um, unfortunately Jared Croker. Well, they make him a lot. They make him do it. He throws himself into the line. Yeah, it's never, it doesn't end too well. Yeah, but he does it, and he's got a lot of guts. So we've got to defend Pappenheiser and Munster well because they are really quite. Clever. I think with I think that you know Munster's no way is he a hundred percent. No way is a hundred percent. Even seventy five is good. Yeah, but get stuck into him, run out. They'll do it. They'll do it. Bateman or whoever will be all over him. Yeah, but we've also got to make Cam Smith. When we beat them earlier in the season, we ran at Cam Smith all day long and absolutely tired him out, and he had no impact on the game. Now, they can then bring on Hectic Cheese, but Cam Smith makes way for nobody. Yeah. So even if they bring on Hectic Cheese, it ain't going to be at uh, Hooker. Hectic so- Cheese is a prop. Well, Part-time Hooker, part-time. He's, he's a crazy oh, player. He's, he's a great I player. Think the, I think the big, the big factor in this game, I don't know if we're going to go through the teams or how we can do this, but... Um, we are is nullifying Nelson Asafa Solomona yep. and that start. And um, one of the things we've seen previously is before... The thing about Nelson is I reckon he's good for about 15 minutes. His first stint yep. is... Well, we've said it before, imperious. Yes, it's, it's very difficult to stop. But if you can survive his initial stint, mm. um, he's, he's not Jason Tamalala. His second stint is not better. In fact, it's significantly worse. Yep. So we just got to survive those opening minutes. So looking at the team that's currently been named... Right, so in Melbourne we've got uh, Kristen Welch and Cam Smith and Bromwich making up the front row. Second row is Kenny Bromwich, Kafusi, and locking that is Nelson Solomona. Has it, hasn't Locke changed? It really has it changed. Locked. He's not a lock, but you know, that's his Well, Locke now is just, is just a third prop. It a really more mobile. It, and we saw that sort of from the Sam Burgess point well, except onwards. To, except for Cam Murray. Yeah, true. You know, Cam Murray. And, and, and Victor Radley. And, and Victor Radley. Oh, and Tarpanay's a prop. Anyway, then you got Jerome Hughes and Munster in the halves. You've got Olam and Brenko Lee in the centres. Um, on the wings, you've got Adokar and Vinavalu, who, who are about as good as a, a wing combination as you want. Uh, Papanaisen at the back, what a great fullback he is. Then you've got Hectic Cheese at uh, 14, Brandon Smith. Then you've got uh, Tino Parmasuli. I can never say your last name, Tino. Parmasuli? Really. Yeah, I can apologise. We've got Tom Eisenhuth in the 16, and we've got Nico Hines in the 7. Uh, 17 jersey um, he's a 5'8 so yeah. that's interesting that they've actually got um, uh, a, I look, a back on their bench he may drop off he, he, look he may if Finucane is, is yeah. fit and if Finucane's fit that's that's great for them but I'd heard it's calf and calf's a very dangerous one to take into an injury into a, into a match on our front row we've got Soliola Starling and Papali you had a view that you think Havili will start Yes, so I, I think, like I said, if if Asafa Solomona starts, which is where he's named, uh, they will have uh, Havili starting. Yep. Because otherwise, 
self-assigned be running at Tom Starling oh, they the whole do. time and he literally is twice his size oh, yeah. I mean he's as tough and as brave as Tom Starling is yeah yeah a self-assigned is. Is, is like I, I suspect that's the case too but yeah. that, that's a great front row anyway then we've got Whitehead and Bateman in the back back row you don't doubt those Joe Tarpanay is in career best form uh, George Williams and Jack Whiten, who I think we can say are in the best form of... I don't know about Georgie Williams' career, but Jack Whiten's in the best form of his. Yeah. Um, Rapana didn't make any bad decisions coming out of the line last week in defence in the centres. Um, and Jared, that was good. Jared Croker. He's also, a bit injured as well, though. Yeah, Sternum, he'll be yeah. right. Then we've got Jared Croker. Um, Kotrick and Valamay on the wings. Now, Sammy Valamay has been coming up and coming up and coming up and coming up. Like, he has had the blowtorch put on his belly... And while he had a few moments which were scary and bad, and you know there's still an error in him, he he's looking now's looking a lot better. He's looking better each week, and I've got it's just the experience, you know, it's just yeah. the experience. He's looking better each week, and each week I am less yeah worried yeah about e- him. Well, each week they're picking on him less too. Have you yeah. noticed? Um, uh, Nicole Klockstad, possibly the best match he's ever played for the club. I'd say so. Um, but let's I hope also thought Nick Kotrick was magic last He's preloading lots of pickle juice. Yeah, yeah. Apparently he's taking like salt tablets before the game, after mm, the game. Oh, well, yeah. And then we got Havili at uh, backup hooker, um, Dinamis Louie, uh, Hudson Young and Harira Naira um, on the bench. Now we get to the section that everyone used to love. Before we get to the extended bench, I think how we've used the bench is going to be a big factor in mm. this game because um, one year, whether it's negating Nelson Asafa Solomona because in the past when Nelson used to come off the bench mm. Ricky held back um, Josh Papali on the bench and then put him on at the same time but the interesting thing that like last week against the Roosters was how much we dropped off I mean I know that has replaced but Tarpany and Papali going off when Louis and Solomona came on we looked like we were really struggling mm. and just just basically hanging on until we could get um Tarpany and Papali back on there. So it's interesting to see how Ricky will go with the, the interchanges. Because I know early in the year, Tarpany was, was on the bench. Mm. And actually, they'd wait until Papa mm. came off so then Tarpany would go on because yeah. you didn't you didn't lose as much. Yeah. I, I, think, I think in the first 20 minutes, we have to score. Like yeah. we did last week. I think, you know, if we don't score early... I don't think we've lost a match this season where we scored first. Well, we've scored the first try. I don't think we've lost a match this season. Um, and I think that's that's something we have to bear in mind. Um, look, I don't. I think Dynamis and Sia didn't have their strongest matches last week, but they by no means were dreadful. Um, and I think you'll see them both have great matches this weekend. So I don't think that'll be as much of an impact. And when you actually look at their bench, when you actually compare our you know 14, 15, 16, 17, look, yes, they've got Brandon Smith, who's fantastic there. But then Farmer Suley, um, Eisenhuth, and yeah, they're good, and Eisenhuth and Hines, they're good. Don't get me wrong, they're good. Um, but I, I think uh, Louis, Hudson Young, and Harira Naira are better. Yeah. I think our, our thing is slightly better. But then when you go into who might come in, we get to the extended bench. Who's on the extended <laughs> bench? Oh, I see I'm going to sing it there. Yeah, no, I forgot it. Um, okay, so we've got Sammy Williams. Uh, we've got Sammy Williams. Have you seen that? Is yeah. interest from Wakefield Trinity? Yeah, yeah. You might go. I wouldn't. I well, certainly wouldn't begrudge him. I mean, he only got to play one game this year, and he yeah. looked pretty good. So, and if he does go, well, then we've still got Craig. Yeah. The shoe man, Frawley. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want him to go. Um, we got Ryan O'Sutton, who hopefully is recovering from that knee injury, which I still was pretty annoyed with uh, Fafita on that yeah. one. Thought that was yeah, 
low act of the week. I didn't like that. Um, uh, Tomoko and Oldfield still there on the bench, recovered from that thumb injury. That's a fairly strong. They've got Dale Finucane. They've got uh, Momorowski. They've got Riley Jacks. And they've got Chris Lewis on the bench. That's a pretty hard one to split. Look, I'm going to give it to the Melbourne Storm simply yeah. for the fact that they've got Dale Finucane on that. Um, well, and Riley Jacks is no mug. It's it's very hard to split actually. I, I don't really look. I don't really know anything about Lewis there, but they probably would say the same thing about Tomoko. So, and Oldfield and Jacks that sort of goes across. Momorowski and Sam Williams probably goes across, and Sutton and Fanuka. And I'd say that go. I'd say I, I'm going to call it here. I'm calling it a draw. I'm calling the extended bench a draw. Fair enough. But I'm calling us slightly advantaged on the actual bench um, that's there. So who's got a lift? No, everyone's giving me grief about who's got a lift and, you know, who I say has got a lift each week and I've been hammering into Jack White. Well, I've been saying that he has an extra cog to go to, but I don't think he has to lift. I think the the current level he's at, he's clearly up there. Um, I'd like him to to go to that imperious level. I think he can, but I'm not calling for it. I'm calling the place... It's like he's currently at 10 out of 10 and you want 11. No, he's currently at about 8.75 and I want 10. 8.75, that's a bit harsh. I think he's playing very, very well. I still think there's a little bit more. I give him nine. I give him nine. Oh, I think he's one of our top players at the moment. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I don't know anyone specifically playing better and more consistently. I just think for us to win, he has to go to superstar status, and he's not quite there. But that's not who's got a lift, in my opinion, this week, although I'd like it. Um, I'm calling uh, Tom Starling and Saliva Havili. They're up against Hectic Cheese and Cam Smith. There isn't a harder... Yeah. There is not a harder hooker double in the NRL than that. They have to be 100% on their game. Their tackling has to be good. But it's not just they have to hold them. They have to do their own thing too. They've got to lift and recognise that just because those guys over there are exceptional players, etc., credentialed, you know, done everything, future immortal, whatever, that doesn't mean they're not good. When um, Alan Border was talking to the, the Australian Ashes squad that went over to play England in the Test in 89, him and uh, Swampy Marsh were sitting there talking to the team about all these... Is this Captain Grumpy? Yeah, Captain Grumpy. They were talking about He's all like, these players... He's like, come here, McDermott. You'll be on the next effing play. That one. Yeah, it was that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he was talking, um, you know, about all the things they had to watch out from the other thing. And Steve Orr said, you know, like, you know, they haven't seen us yet. Yeah. You know, they'll ha- they have to watch out for us. And that was an attitude that I always liked about Steve Waugh. He, he's the Steve Waugh's great. He's the sort of bloke who, you know, like might not be your best mate, but geez, if you're in the trenches, you want him standing next to you. Yeah. Because no, he, Steve, Steve he ain't beat. And, he's uh, very dry and understated, but I like him, yeah. And I really, really want um, uh, both Tom Starling and Saliva Havili to, to look at this and just not be intimidated by the guys on the other side from them, but actually be inspired to say... When I talked to Joe Tarpanay the other week, I said, you're smiling when you're running into them. You've got a smile on your face, like you're excited. And he was, he is. It's like, it's my next challenge and I'm looking forward to it. And that's what he said. I want them to embrace it like Joe Tarpanay is embracing it. Embrace it like this is an opportunity for me to show them. Because I think if those two can have good matches in this, it takes us a hell of a long way into winning this game. Can, can I do my who's got a lift this week? Okay, but you've got to sing. Okay, my, no, no. you uh, sing. Who's gonna live? Oh, I'm so proud. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm sort of going up and off. Oh, here, no, no, I like it. <laughs> when we get our barbershop quartet, I'll <laughs> I'll take the higher bits and you can you can be the baritone. Um, mine is Jared Croker. Oh, for us to be carrying in the side a specialist goal kicker, which is basically what he is these days. We're basically carrying him in the side as a specialist goal kicker. He is like uh, the 2020 version of like Ross Conlon or 
Daryl Halligan. He's only in the team for his goal kicking, right? If we're going to carry someone who's I'm only... Sorry, get- I'm sorry, listeners, you can't see my horrified expression right now. This blasphemy, this heretical garbage that is spewing out of Blake's mouth right now. If we're going to carry someone only for their goal kicking, I'd like to see him get his kicks. I mean, we were waxing on earlier in the season about how wonderful his, his um, kicking was. He can't afford to miss any gimmies against uh, the Storm because I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm, I'm predicting now 18-12 to the Raiders. And that's assuming he kicks. Maybe it's going to be maybe 18-14. Maybe how many more sacred cows are you attack this season? I mean, what, do you just get a kick out of upsetting me? Is that what it is? Is that what you want to do? You're just actually doing it to upset me now. You're attacking Jared Croker just to upset me. I, okay, maybe it's a bit of a stretch comparing him to, to Daryl Halligan or... Um, Ross Conlon. Ross Conlon. Um, who was that guy from the Sharks? Luke Cavell? Just, just, just stop. Just stop. Just stop. Uh, can you think of any others? Um, Heron? What was the guy at Heron? Chuck Heron, yeah. Chuck Heron? Do you remember Eon Eon Crossfield? I think most of those guys were um, were brought over from Rugby Union. Before we destroy... Well, you can be a specialist goalkeeper. Before we destroy any any more sacred cows and offend me more, I think we should draw this episode to a hope. You have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet. Uh, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake, and before we go, uh, we should actually play Dennis Counterhand's great new song. Oh, yes. And Calling course, on all Queenslanders. Queenslanders to get out there. I mean, there's a lot of talk made about how popular the Storm are in Queensland with Cameron Smith and Billy yeah, Slater, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. Et et but there is such a wonderful tradition yeah. of, of Canberra Raiders in, in Queensland. Queensland. And I know the Raiders for a lot of Queenslanders have always been their second team. So, you know... There's ever a time to get off the Broncos bandwagon and get on the Raiders, Queensland listeners. It's now. Get yeah. out there. Get out Join there. Join in the clap. Be and, green. And and yeah, get out there and wear some green at the ground because there's a lot of Raiders fans that aren't actually allowed to fly up there. So Yeah, and look at it this way too. You'll be able to see Cam Smith's last match. That's what I'm hoping to see. Righto. We'll see you later. The Raiders made the prelim Have to travel all day long To play the team from Melbourne Who've been tanning all year long We need your help at Suncorp To cheer the Green Friday Remembering all the Queenslanders Who've bled green in their day Josh Papali He's from Queensland And Dunami from Queensland, Corey Hallsbrough. He's from Queensland, Queensland Raiders.